everyone. Welcome back to the Practicology Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is episode 146, which Mike has entitled Words to Wake Up To. And speaking of waking up, we're recording this on a Friday. And let me tell you, we woke up in Manitoba here to a frosty Friday today. I think it was minus 33 with the wind chill. <laughs> a little colder than Halifax, maybe a little colder than where you are. I don't know. Uh, but it can be hard to wake up and start the day in the best of weather. It's especially hard on a cold winter morning. So that can make it hard to get up early enough to spend time with God in his word. Not that every Christian needs to make the early morning their Bible time, uh, although I think many of us have, have proven the benefit of that. Many believers just naturally have that ideal um, that they're wanting to spend at least a moment or two thinking about the Lord Jesus and speaking to him at the start of their day. Yeah, and there's something that discourages us even more than the frosty weather, and it can be our spiritually frosty hearts. Mm. Uh, some of us wake up to words in the morning. We wake up to words in our hearts, and maybe they sound something like this. Um, wow, I don't feel very close to God this morning. What's wrong with me? It's like I have no desire for him right now. Where did all the desire go that I felt at meeting, you know, yesterday morning or last night? And uh, or something like this, of course, he can see how little desire I have for him. He can see how I prefer this warm blanket to him. And, and that probably has frozen up all his desire for me too. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we have these words in our minds. Why would he feel any affection for me if I'm not feeling any for him right now? Why would he want to see me right now and speak to me when I don't really feel like going to him? Yeah, so if those are the words that we're waking up to, they are really not going to help us um, find motivation to get out of bed and, and meet with him. And so what we need is some different words to wake up to. Words that will melt our icy hearts with love. Words that will assure us that even if we don't desire him, he still strongly desires us. All right, so some new words to wake up to. We're looking forward to hearing what they are, Mike, it sounds like you're picking up again on something that you talked about a couple of weeks ago. You're trying to help us with our lack of motivation for meeting God in his word. I am, yes. And, and I may do a little bit more of this um, when we finish our John Stott book, the Reading Challenge book, which uh, you're going to tell us more about in next week's episode. But I want to do that. I want to help us with motivation to meet God in his word by way of what you talked about on the podcast last week, Matthew. That is, I want to approach this via the romantic relationship between a man and a woman. What happens when two people are in love? They desperately want to see each other. They desire each other more than anything else in the world. I'll never forget the time when, uh, after years of being attracted to her, I first heard those magical words come from Helen's mouth that she liked me. Wow, I could hardly believe it. You know, there's someone in the world who's attracted to me, who wants to be with me, who desires me, and so on. And we get a beautiful poem or, or song about this in Song of Solomon, chapter 2. The, the future bride says, The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. I feel like we should have had Helen on recording this episode with you, Mike, instead of me. <laughs> but it's good. The voice of my beloved, she's waking up perhaps to her beloved calling her. 
Yeah, and he's so excited to see her. He comes leaping over mountains. He's bounding over hills. Um, there is no sense of this man dragging his feet on this fine morning. He's, he's not making excuses. There's no obstacle that's too big, not even a mountain can stop him from coming to see her. He, he's running, he's jumping, you get the picture. Mm -hmm. And he comes to a screeching halt behind the wall of the young woman's home. Likely this is still the home that she shares with her family because the two of them aren't married yet. And so there he is, he's standing behind the wall, he's trying to peer in through some windows and he's speaking to her these words. He's saying, get up my love, arise, my beautiful one, and come away for behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. Spring has sprung, praise the Lord. The grass is sprouting. The cold winter's behind us. He goes on to say, The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle love is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Yeah, it makes you wish that you could be as poetic uh, as this man. Hey, Matthew? Yeah. Yeah, something to grow in there for the new year, maybe. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but... But the picture uh, uh, is, is just so powerfully painted in our minds as we read it. The, the spring has arrived, as you say, the snow has melted, the brooks are bubbling, and love is in the air, you know. And, and then he repeats the invitation again to his fiancée. He says, arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. Um, he says, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. And so if you're tracking with us here so far, these are the words that she wakes up to. She, she's waking up in the morning to this, get up my love, get up my beautiful one. I wanna spend time with you. All I want is to be with you. It is a beautiful scene of two people in love. The Bible celebrates this gift of God to his human creatures. This is a good thing. And that's why we talked about dating and marriage last week. But Mike, this isn't just about two human beings in love, is it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it is about two people in love, but if we read the Bible, we find out that human romantic love itself is, is itself about something more. Um, and I think we talked briefly about this in your episode last week there, Matthew, but in Ephesians 5, Paul says that marriage and the love and intimacy experienced in it is a mystery. That right from the very first wedding in the Garden of Eden, marriage was meant to be a pointer beyond itself. It was meant to be a sign of something more, something even more wonderful. It was meant to be a foretaste of Christ's love for his people, his church. And so God created marriage, his purpose, a major part of his purpose in inventing marriage and giving it to us was so that in, in the romantic love and, and in the marriage bond and in all the joys that that involves, um, we would be able to experience in miniature through the marriage relationship what we can and will experience in full in our relationship with him. Which means the crazy love-struck desire a man might have for a woman is an educational aid to help us understand a fraction of how much Christ loves us. So here's the invitation I'm wanting to make in this short episode. Um, why not make the words this woman woke up to? Why not make them the words you wake up to? Instead of those other words, you know, about how, oh, I hardly desire him. He probably doesn't desire me either. How about we wake up to these words instead? And, uh, and Ian Duguid, he, he writes this. He says, no mere human being can really leap over mountains and bound over hills. It, it's poetic hyperbole. He says, yet if you are a Christian, 
You have a lover who truly loves you like that. There is a God who desires you so passionately that he has moved heaven and earth to have a relationship with you. There is a heavenly bridegroom who doesn't just gaze at us longingly from a distance, but bursts through the walls that we have erected to keep him out so that he can sweep us off our feet. The powerful sexual drives that God has given to cement us together in marriage are but a pale reflection of just how passionately and intensely God desires to be bonded to us. It's true. And as you say this, Mike, something that's just coming to me now, I'm sure some of our listeners have the technological skill that they could set their alarm to be the words of Song of Solomon being read to them. All right. So you can make that file. I, we want to hear about this. I, I want to hear about this. If anybody does this, that the words of the Song of Solomon, the Bible speaking to you as your alarm instead of just um, an annoying song. Uh, I don't know if it'll wake you up or not, but it would be interesting to hear about. I, I'm thinking about it myself. Yeah, if, if you do it, listener, um, tell us about it, and maybe we can uh, share it with others, and, and you know, if anyone else wants to try it, they can give it a try too. All right, good. But those words from Ian Duguid were great. Uh, our Lord has already come once, and even though his first coming would lead to the cross, still he never dragged his feet. He delighted to do the Father's will, and he took on that human body and went to the cross for us. When he comes a second time, there will be no reluctance. I, I think he's eagerly looking forward to that day. He says in John 14 that he himself will come to get us so that we can be with him forever. Well, if he was so willing and eager to come for us the first time, and if he's so longing to come for us the second time, we can be sure that he loves to draw near to us spiritually and relationally in this in-between time right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's true. Even when we wake up and our love does feel cold for him, and we feel distant, and we, we discover that there seems to be almost no desire at, at present in our hearts for him, well, does, does that change his desire for us? Remember the poem, it says, it's saying no mountain is too big for this man. I mean, he's, he's bounding over mountains. There's no obstacle that will stop his affection, his path uh, towards us. Our rising and falling affections are no bigger than a pebble. He, he's already bounded over Mount Calvary, if you will. He's loved us to death even when we hated him. How much more will he bound over our ever-fluctuating desires so that he can meet with us? Uh, I think earlier last year we did an episode on reading the Bible imaginatively, and I talked about something I'd learned um, recently. and and. Uh, what I learned was this, that um, wherever we go, whenever we enter an environment, uh, whenever we approach people, we're always scanning for something. And one of the things that we're scanning for is, am I loved? Mm -hmm. Am I wanted? Am I desired here? And this is true for me, uh, just in our human to human interactions here on earth. I'm, I, I'm conscious that I do this a lot. You know, I'm scanning to see if if I'm actually wanted and, and loved a lot in human relationships. But, you know, I, I realize that this is what I do with the Lord as well. Um, I'm scanning. Does he really want me? Does he really love me? Is, is he put off by me? Is he, or is he eager to see me? And, and so I have found it helpful, Matthew, um, to use passages like Song of Solomon to, to help me um, when I wake up and and I'm hearing those old words again, you know, oh, I don't feel close to God this morning. Uh, 
I don't desire him. Uh, he, he can see how little I desire him, and therefore he now probably doesn't desire me either. Why would he want to? How could he feel affection for me if I seem to feel so little for him? And, and so I've learned to try and wake up to different words, to these words here, and to picture the lover in Song of Solomon bounding down the mountainside to see the love of his life. He, he's running. He's, you know, I picture him running over the bridge and he comes up to the window and he's panting and he's calling out to her and he's, he's wanting to see her. And if that woman in, in the house was scanning to see, does, does this man really want to see me? Well, every indication would be, yes, he's absolutely madly in love with me. He, he wants nothing more than to see me. And um, I've learned to do this in my relationship with the Lord as well, to, to picture this, um, this relationship between a man and a woman and to say, hey, this picture in Song of Solomon 2 of a man who is madly pursuing this woman, this is meant to just signal to me, just give me an, a starter, an appetizer for how much the Lord desires me, loves me, and wants to see me. So, dear listener, how about you try waking up tomorrow morning to the Son of God speaking these words to you. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Well, I was tempted to break out in a little Stephen Curtis Chapman love song to his wife, but I will refrain for the blessing of our listeners and for your blessing as well. But thank you, Mike. Good words, good thoughts. I think it's important and worthwhile thinking about and applying to our own lives. Yeah, thank you, Matthew. Thanks for being willing to... Uh, yeah, do some Song of Solomon here on, on the podcast with me. Um, but you know, Matthew, I, I am just, before we close, I am just thinking back to your episode last week. We talked about dating. We we mentioned one or, once or twice, you know, um, that we'd like to do something on on singleness as well. And I'm just wondering if we can close out this episode with just a 30-second word to two singles. Um there's something in here for all of us, of course, but maybe there's something in here for a single believer in a special way right now who would love to find herself or himself in a human relationship where there was another human being who would wake up in the morning and want to run down a mountain and over a bridge and, and to the door to, to see you. And thus far, you, you don't have that. But the, the message of the Bible, the message of Song of Solomon is, is that you do you do ultimately in the Lord Jesus himself and uh, that all our earthly romantic relationships are pointing to that more certain one that every believer in Christ will experience in total bliss for all eternity with him. Amen. Good words and thank you everyone for listening to these good words today. May the Lord bless you all.